How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Blind. I am your host, Chris Adams. However you're listening to this thing, make sure you hit that subscribe button, uh, whether it be iTunes, Podbean, the podcast app on your iPhone, whatever it is. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Um, Leave us a review, some comments, feedback, however you uh, feel about this thing, man. Let me know. It's always nice to hear some positive feedback, and uh, if you have some negative feedback, send it my way as well so I can work on things that you guys don't like. Cut out what you don't like. If you're not following along with us on social media, make sure you tune in to BTBN on Facebook and Instagram. That's where we do most of the the new updates, the posts, the little live shows. That's where everything is going down is uh, on Facebook and Instagram, so make sure you type in BTBN. Check out the closed podcast group, BTBN Podcast. Um, That is where I post everything up first. So if you want the links to the episodes first, make sure you hit that sucker and get in that group. I'll get you added in. Um, Wednesday. Today is Labor Day, so we're getting a few of these in. But uh, on Wednesday, we're going to have the second half of the first round of the head-to-head matchup. We had last week's, and it turned out really, really good. I uh, man, they they built some killers, and this half on uh, Wednesday at 7:30 on BTBN's Facebook page, we're gonna have do just some absolute killer calls. I've sent some videos, and then you got Domingo Sanchez running his stuff on uh, on Wednesday night too. So that's gonna be a really interesting matchup to see how that goes. So make sure you tune in to BTBN on Facebook 7:30 Wednesday night if you want to watch the head-to-head call making slash call makers competition um if you want to get yourself a paperweight of a duck call feel free to reach out unstable calls check me out on instagram facebook all that type of stuff this thing has you know made my waiting list a little bit longer it seems like every call maker i talk to i add another trade call to the list and then customers start sending me more messages so uh, the list gets longer but i do work through them as quickly as i can so if you want yourself a cool duck call send me a message and I will get back to you. If you want a clean, classy piece of apparel that is not for you bedazzled jean wearing guys, check out Fox Red Apparel on Instagram. They have some really cool designs they're coming out with. It's simple. It matches the wardrobe that I've worn for a long time of just the plain single color tee with a, you know, a little design on there. Their logo on the chest pocket and on the back no flames, no glitter, none of that nonsense. Uh, just simple adult wear. So if you want some uh, shiny stuff, it's probably not going to be your direction. So check out Fox Red Wear. Or Fox Red Apparel. Hashtag Fox Red Wear. Um, this week I have another competitor in the head-to-head competition on for you today. Um, he's another brother of a call maker. His brother didn't have time to enter the competition. But... Uh, He's another call maker that I'm excited to bring on here. He's a newer call maker. So, without any further ado, Mr. Jamie Miller. Jamie, how are we doing today, brother? How you doing, man? Dude, trying to enjoy this extra bonus day off. But uh, it seems like I had like big aspirations on Friday. I was like, man, I'm going to get so much stuff done this weekend. Like, this extra day off. I'm always complaining about time and needing more time and then i looked at it was like one o'clock in the afternoon today on monday and uh 
I had watched like four and a half hours of Always Sunny in Philadelphia and realized I haven't done anything with my day off. So I had to get my butt in gear. Well, thanks to you, uh, my weekend was pretty much all spent. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't get to enjoy my holiday. Thank you very much, by the way. <laughs> For people who don't know, Jamie is entered into the head-to-head competition, and his call is due today. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Yeah, yeah. I've had the call done for a few days, but the uh, the whole the whole routine has been a nightmare for me. Um, that's uh one of the things that I found with a lot of call makers, man. Is um, you know, the guys that are entering it, like you and everybody else, man. Anthony has turned. It's like his ninth call, and <laughs> he entered this competition. I think he's turned like his fifth through tenth or ninth call, and I think. Maybe ours is his tenth call for this competition, but he ended. This the may com- have been my. This may have been my twentieth call at the most. Dude, you guys are insane. I've had guys that have all sorts of awards. I have, I mean, just a list of messages where people are like, "No, it's not for me. I can't run a routine." I'm like, the only person that can that's entering that has ran a routine in competition is freaking Mingo, and then Shanahan. Yeah possibly was going to enter but he decided not to because he wanted to let other people have a shot but i heard meredith at real foot last year he's really good on the call too well and you know me and mike are pretty good buddies uh you know with all this stuff he's helped a lot with btbn over the last couple of years and he was messaging me as soon as domingo announced because mingo had texted me and told me he was going to wait until the end he wanted to be the 16th caller in the slot and he was like, I don't want everybody to get scared that I'm going to enter because it's just for fun for me. And uh, as soon as he entered, Mike sent me a message. He's like, dude, I don't know if I want to do this now. I didn't know that Mingo was going to be in this thing. <laughs> and uh, I was like, dude, you will be fine. You're a good caller. I've heard you call for years. You will like, Yeah, just... he's very good. Yeah. He's a nice guy, too. Oh, you dude, know, he, he's, he's a really guy. nice guy. I was having some trouble with consistency on a few things and I had sent him a message and the guy doesn't know me from Adam but you know he was he was very helpful and I appreciate that man the uh the first time I ever talked to him was back in like 16 and I just needed I was making a uh, a crosscut hedge call and I needed I had a little blowout on a tip I needed like an inch <laughs> you know cut off that somebody had so I was like, well, instead of buying a whole blank because I don't need it at the moment, I was still new into call making. I was like, hey, does every, anybody have a cutoff? I'll pay shipping, you know, and I'll pay you a dollar or two, whatever you think this blank little piece is worth. And then he sent me a message in like two days. He had sent me a like a three-inch piece of one. I was like, hell, dude, you don't even know me, but that's pretty damn awesome. It is. I mean, and that's been my experience with, with some of the call makers that I've reached out to. You know, they don't know me. Uh, Brad Samples has helped me a few times on a couple of different issues. You know, he doesn't know me, but he's he's like an open book. If you got a question, he'll, he'll be glad to answer it. You know, uh, and that's totally not what I was expecting when I got into call making. I was kind of expecting a lot of arrogance and, and whatnot, but it's been totally opposite from that. And it's been refreshing. Yeah, man. It seems like the best guys, the guys who have the most uh, clout behind their names are the nicest, most open book guys, just like you were talking about, man. The first time I ever tinkered around with carving anything, um, I posted up a picture. I don't know. You know how how 
you know, big set of balls it takes to post a picture when you're doing something new and you don't know how to do it. And it's you know terrifying. It's, yeah, yeah, it takes a lot of balls, man. It's kind of scary. And Brad sent me a private message like a minute and a half later. It was like, hey, man, I'll give you some tips and, uh, you know, a little bit of feedback and help you out if you if you want it. And I was like, dude, that means the world to me. You know, like another one, just like you were talking about, didn't know me from Adam, but freaking was willing to reach out and is arguably one of the best carvers out there man he's amazing i mean he, he really is some of the things that he does i mean i'll look at it and I'm like how did you do that yeah uh, how did you how did you even think to do that well and that's what i told him i was like dude i can draw yeah we had we had our podcasts like three months ago something like that and i was like i get it i can draw i'm halfway decent at drawing i was like the whole depth thing it like my brain doesn't function like i could never make a statue like right. you know that whole taking away stuff is uh my brain doesn't work as well with that see i can't draw i, I can't i mean i can barely draw a stick figure uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i have an eye for color and for you know for things that i think will look good and you know and, but as far as drawing uh, i just i just can't do it but you know and you look at guys, not not to change the subject, but there's so much talent out there. Uh, Waylon Thompson, that guy's amazing. I mean, all the things that guy can do. And I listened to the podcast that you had him on. He made his own canoe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that dude's a freak, man. <laughs> who the hell can make their own canoe on a whim? <laughs> yeah. So. It's cool, man. It's a cool fraternity. You know, I don't know a lot of guys, but I've met a few, and it's pretty cool. I mean, everybody's been very helpful to me that I've asked for for, for guidance, and, you know, I really appreciate it. And that's, that's kind of the cool thing about it, man. Just like you're talking about that fraternity, the, the doors are as open as you want to make them. Like... Right. Uh, you can stand around and be on the outside for years and just kind of post up pictures of your calls when they're done, and that's kind of it, and remain on the outside. But if you want to go through the door and keep getting in depth and keep making those connections, I mean, this whole thing, this podcast, man, I cannot tell you the amount of people that I talked to in the call-making world that five years ago, never, never would I have talked to a lot of these people, and it's just me going out there and hitting people up for conversations, not being afraid to just be like, hey man, do you just want to talk? Can I pick your brain about some stuff? And that's kind of how the uh, the whole BTBN thing, man, really pivoted and changed directions as I was having a lot of these same conversations with guys on the phone. I'm like, dude, we should just start recording this crap. It's been cool. I've listened to... But I've listened to half the podcasts that you put out, and you learn so much about these guys. And, and you know, you, you say, well, you know, that guy, he's a lot like me. You know, we, we like a lot of the same kind of things. Or, or you just learn their backstory. I mean, it's, you learn where they come from, what they like. You kind of hear about them as a person. Because, I, you know, you can have a call collection, but you don't know much about that guy. Until you, you know, until you hear him talk and you hear him tell his story, and it's, it just, it just kind of, it puts a personal aspect on it. That's, uh, you know, I like it anyway. Yeah, man, because just what you're talking about, you can have the biggest collection in the world, and the guys who are, you know, years out 
on their waiting list you know the the samples the ragios the stuff like that like they can their their list is so long they put out a lot of crazy cool calls but they don't necessarily have time to have that personalization with every single person you know that hits them up because it's it's overwhelming when you get messages all day long so it just gives a little more insight and uh yeah man it's from on my own selfish end I freaking love it, man. I, I love picking guys' brains. And like you were talking about, just there's so many of us that are just so interesting. I think, you know, I've had a lot of them that I've enjoyed. You know, there's been none that I haven't liked doing. But there's guys like Waylon, man, that I could talk to him all day long and nothing be about call making. Um, John out at uh Wayland should start a school the Wayland Thompson School of Life and just teach people how to do things that they used to do back in the day that no one knows how to do anymore dude he's a mountain man did I did I say it on his podcast or was it maybe Meredith's most recent podcast that Wayland drills out his inserts by holding a drill bit with pliers I heard that <laughs> that sounds number one that sounds so dangerous but the like the precision that you have to get in a tone channel is everything so it just is always crazy to me man that's he, he's he's something else you know, i've never <laughs> never met him personally but that's one of those guys that i'd like to hang out with just to pick his brain <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah so your brother is a call maker as well isn't he my brother's been making calls for a long time, probably 12 years or so. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I started seeing guys with the same last name. Like, when I first started really talking to Josh and Sean, I was like, I swear I've talked to one of you before. Because you see that last name on the messenger. And you hit me up about your brother a while back. I don't even know if you were making calls yet or not at that point. I was just starting out, you know, uh... The, the whole thing kind of started on a whim, I guess you'd say. Uh, you know, Justin's been making calls for a long, long time, and I guess it was about a year and a half ago. I was just talking to him one day. I said, you know, I, I think I'd like to try to make a call just to see if I can do it, just a challenge. And he's like, you know, my shop's always open. So I went over there, and I made something. I don't know if you can call it a duck call, but I made something, <laughs> but... You know, I was kind of, I was kind of bit. You know, I kind of liked it. I enjoyed it. It was, uh, I was able to turn my mind off and and just concentrate on what was in front of me, and I liked that. So that's kind of how I got into it. Now, where are you guys from? You're you're out of Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, we were both born and raised in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Oh heck yeah, man, that's really cool. You guys aren't too far south of us, then. Right, right. I live in Benton now, but yeah, we're both in Hot Springs. In in Benton, like County Benton's Bentonville, like Benton. Is, no, no, no. Benton, the city. It's uh, it's it's uh, about ten minutes outside of Little Rock. Oh, okay. Right on. Right on. I was like, man, that's a. I I work so much in Benton County, so it always throws me off. Yeah, yeah. It's it's confusing. We have a lot of Benton Benton counties, Bentonville. Right, it it just makes it interesting. So you guys were both born and raised down on that sucker, and grew up hunting. I'm sure from an early yeah, age. Yeah, there's a lot of national forest land. Uh, 
around Hot Springs and where we were born and raised was actually several, several thousand acres of national forest that was right behind our property and we had three wheeler trails all through that. Dude, you, you could just ride for miles and miles. I was gonna say, you can't get much luckier in Arkansas, you know, because that's the thing, in the Ozark Mountains, you drive through that part of Arkansas, like from Springfield down to Little Rock, and number one, you're like, where the heck is there a duck around here? Because, you know, right. there, there's nowhere for him to go. But number two, there's endless amounts of freaking woods and property and mountains, and it's one of my favorite places in the world to drive through. But it's like, dude, there is so much land out here. If you did anything other than waterfowl, like, there's land in crazy abundance. But then you get over to, you know, an hour to the east, and it's like, you can't find a place to hunt. It's a whole different world. I mean, the western part of the state, all the way over to the eastern part of the state, you go from the mountains to the delta. Uh, It's just... I don't know. Arkansas is unique, and it has uh, different types of terrain. And I hate to be a homer, but I love it. I mean, I love Arkansas. There's there's nowhere else I'd rather live. <laughs> See, my I mean, uh, my girlfriend's from outside Harrison, and I that's kind of like always my raz with her is uh you know the Arkansas Missouri rivalry. So I always give her a hard time about it. But that's the same with me, man. I absolutely love Arkansas. It is insanely beautiful. Yeah, it is. It really is. You know, we got some great lakes here and some great fishing. Uh, my brother and I, we we like to fish together. We hunt together. We fish together. We're pretty tight, so you know, it's it's a great place to live. It's a great place to grow up. I can tell you one thing: they need a actual highway from Springfield to Little Rock because Highway sixty five and seven, whatever it turns into, is the worst ungodly drive dude when well, I was they have that they have that four lane now I don't know I don't get up there a lot that part of the country but I know they have that four lane that goes from Alma all the way up to, to Fayetteville and I guess it goes all the way to Springfield I had not been up there in several years uh well Fayetteville okay you know where Branson's at right the same way to get to yeah there? yeah okay so think of Branson but straight up so we going to Fayetteville and going that direction isn't nearly as bad but if you want to go straight up from Little Rock, it's terrible. It goes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, sixty-five that way. Yeah, oh, yeah. We're talking yeah. about out of Conway. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah. How can you connect two metropolitan areas? You know, Springfield's like a six hundred thousand metro area, and Little Rock mm-hmm. is massive, and there's no highway that connects them. And it's uh, crooked. Oh my god! And I get it. It's the freaking Ozark Mountains. You're trying to navigate through, but. We like to go out to, uh, like, what is that? Lost Canyon? Lost Lost Valley. And um, there's a bunch of really, really great hiking spots out down there in the Ozark Mountains. And we'll, we'll go pick, like, a new place every other weekend during the summer and spring like that and go hike, you know, six or seven miles. But the drive is ungodly to get to those places. Yeah. <laughs> it's 45 miles of... 50 mile an hour curvy roads with you know 100 foot straights your prettiest places are always the hardest to get to <laughs> that's a, that, but you know that's like hunting you know your best hunting spots are always going to be hard to get to <laughs> right so how did your uh 
did your brother like talk to you before he got into this thing or did he have any advice for you no he just uh he kind of let me make my mistakes you know he didn't he didn't give me much guidance i mean he pretty much here's the tools uh knock yourself out so you know he didn't he didn't really you know tell me well this does this and this does that he's like you just need to get you a flat jig and and figure it out and so for probably about nine months that's all i did was try to find my sound i didn't worry about barrels i didn't worry about aesthetics i didn't worry about shape it was all about my sound and uh once i finally got my sound right uh and where i wanted it i sent that insert off and had it jigged out but then i started trying to figure out what this call was going to look like you know i don't want something that's going to look too crazy you know i want a traditional looking duck call uh, but and, I, and this may sound weird but the sound kind of dictated what it was going to look like if that makes any sense you know yeah if uh, you to me it makes sense because you know how you set it up can make it can depict which way you want to go with it you know if right. you're going with a uh, a tr- more traditional you know easier to run call that you know it takes a longer barrel to run it because you know your barrel length and insert length and all that stuff makes such a big difference as well as the tone board that you know however the length of it best fits your you know tone board right i see a lot of the guys and they get they, they start to get into call making and the first thing they worried about is is they turn a barrel and they turn an insert they worrying about their look first and that's the least important part in my book uh, you know that's uh, don't worry about what it looks like get that sound right and then we'll worry about what she looks like later well and it's a very very finicky finicky business man because i think so many guys come up with a brand name and a business and a facebook page and an instagram page and some hashtags and start worrying about marketing before they ever have a good product you know reason that i put a name on mine the other day was because i got tired of asking what the name was (laughs) it didn't have a name you know it's just i just make them well if you don't have a name it's like you don't have validation so i sat down i thought well hell gotta do something so here we go man it's that even that is tough because i've had my call company name for the same for the last like five something years and i've considered changing it to my own name for the longest time because you know it just i've considered it but never pulled the trigger because a lot of people when they think of my calls i don't put my company logo or anything like that on my boxes or any of that nonsense Um, Because I'm not worried about that as well. And it's probably just a poor marketing thing on my side. But if you grab a samples call, just like that, you call it a Brad Samples call. It's a blindsided call. Like, people know that. But it's a a samples call. Or a Ronnie Turner call is a Turner call. But then he, I don't know how long he's had the unicorn name. But, you know, he brands it with the unicorn name and stuff like that, too. Yeah, yeah. I had to do something. I couldn't just go with Miller because I, you know, I don't want people confusing me with my brother, and you know, and that's something I talked to him about. 
know, I wanted just to do something simple with my initials and whatnot, but then I talked to him, and I was like, you know, I don't want people thinking that I'm you and you or me, so I'm going to come up with something and just kind of separate it out. So that's what I did. Well, that's cool, man. It, yeah, it can be tough. Like, you have a super common last name. That's the same with mine, Adams. Like, I when yeah. I first was trying to come up with names, I'm like, dude, there's, like, an Adams custom calls, Adams calls, everything. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's even a um, Kevin Allen's call company name is K.A. Calls, which would be yeah. my initials. Like, there, there's no other option. That's why I've never changed it. And I wasn't going to go with something that you see all this Delta this and Delta yada, yada, yada. I mean, it's, it's how many Deltas are you going to have? No offense <laughs> to anybody that has Delta, but, you know, there's a lot of them out there. And, yeah, you know. that's exactly, man. Delta or coming up with a different name for migration, you know, and that, like you said, that's not a knock on anybody that's had it for years and years and years. Right. But there's a hundred for it. You know, like migration denied calls. Well, you have freaking Sean's call company, and then you have 150 other migration themed name calls that have popped up in the last year. Right. And I probably step on a lot of toes here. And if I piss somebody off, I'm sorry, but you know, it is what it is. No, that's no knock on anybody else. It's, uh, man, it's tough for coming up with anything. You, gotta, you know, just be original. You know, just, just. Make your own sound. Worry about your shape later. Figure out something, a name, or if you, if you want to, that's original, and, and roll with it. Well, and the, the whole naming aspect of it is so tough. Like, we had uh, our TV show the first season. It was just our area code and waterfowl, and that was easy. It was 417 Waterfowl. That's what our TV show name was, and there was a bow hunting show that was on the second half of the year. That was 417 bow hunting. So it was a super easy name. Well, we wanted to break our brand away from that guy's show. So we had to come up with a different name. And trying to figure out a TV show name or a page name, this was like six years ago, that nobody had already done was damn near impossible. Like yeah. we, we had this big long list of names. We just wrote it all out and we're like, all right, here it is. And we went through every single one, and we're like, all right, here's our ranking of one through ten of what we think is the coolest. Cool, let's see if it's legally available. All right, cool, right. it's legally available. Is there a Facebook page with it? Okay, there might be a Facebook page, but it hasn't been active for four years, and there's only 20 likes on it, or 20 followers on it, you know, whatever. Cool, this is still a good option. All right, is the website available? Well, shit, no, the website's not available. All right, back to name number two. And just going through the whole process. That's that yeah. branding side of things is a nightmare. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, uh, you know, in my real job, I spend a lot of time with branding and marketing and whatnot. So, you know, it's, you know, your image and your brand is a big deal. I mean, as far as the duck calls, uh, the duck calls to me is, is an outlet. It's something that I do just to just to relieve stress. I, I enjoy the art part of it, but, uh, you know, the, the, the real job, yeah, I get it. You know, I understand. Yeah, exactly. But it, but it was, but it did make it a lot easier when I got into the whole duck call when it was time to pick out a name and it was time to pick out a logo. I already knew where to go and I already knew who to contact and I already knew what I wanted. So, 
So it, it did help there. Well, I think that gives you a big, big leg up when it comes to stuff like that. Um, you know, having some knowledge. You know, hell, that's what freaking Josh was doing before he ever got into duck calls. Was that dude knows everything about marketing? <laughs> so yeah. it's no surprise he's turned into what he's turned into because it was calculated. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a great product over there and a great image. Yeah, he he, he does a great job of of keeping that whole. Uh, look consistent you know he does a really good job with it his photography is top notch too yeah he freaking in one of his interviews he was like I don't post a single picture from my phone you know mm-hmm. so that makes a big difference man it does especially you know if you're trying to do that for a living you know if you're trying to do it for a living and, and that's your livelihood you gotta take that stuff serious yeah yep absolutely it, I like it how you're doing it because it just it's the same way for me. It's an outlet. I get overwhelmed from time to time with the amount of stuff that I have to do. But I don't know. I took, you know, two weeks off or two weeks ago, I took the whole week off and just was like, hey, I'm going to do as many calls as I can to try to knock out as much backlog stuff as I can. And never right. once did I get overloaded or felt overwhelmed with the whole thing. I was like, dude, this is fun. I've turned more calls in this week than normally I turn in a week, you know, like a month and a half. And uh, It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. You know, it really is. I listened to the podcast with, with, you know, Michael Meredith, and he was talking about how, you know, he he had gotten to the point that it wasn't fun anymore because he had so many orders and whatnot. And I was like, man, you know, uh, he's a successful guy. I mean, uh, you got to take the money if someone's throwing it at you. But at the end of the day, this has got to be fun. If you don't enjoy it, you got to step away for a little while until it becomes fun. Because, hey, you know, it's just a duck call. That's all it is. It's a duck call. Well, and, you know, when you, you, it's, you, it, it's, if it's not fun, then what are you doing it for? Uh, but I get it. I mean, I know he's got a heck of a business. But I, I hope that he can, I hope that he can, he can get back to the point to where he's doing it for the enjoyment of it again. And I think he will. Oh yeah, get all these orders caught up, you know, because it is fun. The, the experimentation part of it is what I enjoy the most. Uh, playing around with tone channel depths and bores and all that kind of stuff. It's fun. I agree, man. And you know, he made that post. What was it? A week ago, talking about prices and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, and that took on a whole whole lot of traction, and that's something that you know that's specific with michael that he number one that dude does not charge enough for his calls he has stayed pretty consistent materials have gone up pretty considerably i only know it because i was looking at my photos uh the memories on facebook like two days after that post happened and i had gotten a bunch of blanks that week and actually went back and looked at the memory of it and saw how much i paid for those those things have doubled on price, like average now. Blank prices have doubled in the last three or four years pretty easily. And Blank prices are crazy, especially if you're going after the premium stuff. You know, if you've got some guys, you know, like I, I try to buy the best I can find, you know, as far as the woods. But it's all expensive. Yeah. I mean, there's freaking... There's blanks coming out at like 150 on some of those bidding, you know, pages, and I'm like, 
this is ridiculous because I'm not going to sell a freaking $400 duck call. Like it's it's right. never going to happen. I'm if I'm lucky I'm going to get 250 out of this. And now I think I commented on that post that he made. I was like, you know, you got to consider it's a time. You know, that's time that that you're not getting to spend with your family or time that you're not getting to go fishing or or whatever it is. That's time that you can't get back. So your time has to be worth something. You you know, and you've got to put a number on that. Well, okay. and that's uh that's something that I agree with and I've had talks with him in the past about because he's on the uh, the borderline of guys that could go and do it full time. If he really wanted to, Michael could do it pretty pretty easily full time. I think you know losing his normal job plus the income he gets from calls would obviously be a big shock. I can't ever speak to anybody's own stuff, but if you look at the amount of business and backlog that he does versus some of these guys that do it full time, I think he could. But if I'm he's pretty not, sure he could. Yeah. He's very, very well respected, very well known. He's earned his spot. I mean, exactly. he's paid his dues. I mean, I've got a lot of respect for him. Uh, well, and that's the thing. And I told him, you know, I was like, after that post, I was like, if you're not going to do it full time, buddy, raise your prices and make it worth your time to do less. Because and enjoy and enjoy the ride. Right, you can't do 350 calls a year if you're not going to do it freaking full time, and you're going to charge prices like guys that are, like a CNC call from freaking, uh, from Bass Pro or Cabela's or anything like that. Like even CNC calls are like 160 now, 170. Yeah. And they're just throwing right. that sucker in the machine and tuning it up. You know, obviously it's not a thousand a day or anything crazy like that, but it's a hell of a lot more than what you're doing and for you to do an inlaid you know piece together call that's hand turned and selling it for 40 bucks more than a cnc call and you're not doing it full time and the demand is there like you have to make it worth your time and that's for every single call maker's own decision and what they want to do but uh well it's a tough it's a tough position for some of these guys you know to be put in because they probably got into call making probably for the same reason that you did the same reason that I did it's just a challenge uh, and the fun the art of it you know I don't think that any many call makers that are very successful ever expected it uh, it's just it just happens and then you're put in this position where you know what do I do uh, how, do, how do I go about this this is a business that I really never expected to have now what do I do? And it's 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 a tough position to be put in. I'm sure I don't envy them at all. Yeah, yeah, that is a. Uh, I can't remember who I talked to about that. I don't even know if it was on a podcast. Just kind of like coming to grips with, uh, oh holy crap, you know, uh, <laughs> this is real. This went from yeah. uh, just me trying to do whatever I can to sell a call to, holy crap, my books filled up in the first day that I opened them. That type of mindset. Yeah, that's that would make me want to panic. Ugh, yeah. Well, especially at the speed that I know that I do them in, I am the slowest. Like, it, I had a guy that I just completed his call, and I think he put his order in like four months ago, and it's not like I had a hundred to do before I got to him. I think it turned like ten, fifteen before I got to him, and I was like, "Hey, man, yeah, I'm getting to you. I promise." Yeah. 
well, I mean, you know, you've got a full-time job outside of cult making, you know, and, and family obligations and whatnot else. And, you know, I can't do it full-time. I don't want to do it full-time. I, I, you know, it's, cult making is never going to replace what I do for a living. It's, to me, it's just, it's a hobby. I mean, I'm going to make the absolute best duck call that I can possibly make but I have no desire to do this for a living, ever. Because it's just, because it's fun to me. That's that's the whole thing. It's enjoyable and it's a hobby, it's art. Uh, and if I try to make a living out of it, I'm gonna lose some of that enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely lose what makes it special, man. Yeah, I can take my time, you know, if it takes me three days to make one call so be it you know i don't have a deadline it, it is what it is i agree man so let's let's pivot and get into this uh this competition call so uh, you you said this is your 20th call that you built give or take probably there about yeah give or take that's insane man and uh you were one of the early guys that jumped into this sucker no i got roped into it i think no, you were trying to you were trying to rope your brother into it. I was trying to prod him into coming along. You know, a little family rivalry. We, you know, that's kind of how we do. If we go fishing, it's a competition. If we go hunting, it's a competition. So that's what I was trying to trying to get him into it. But he, he didn't want to do it. <laughs> Did so you give him a hard time I was, about I looked it? Up and, huh? Did you give him a hard time about it? A little. A little, but then he went back to laughing at me because I got in, I was in it somehow, and I was like, you know, hell with it. I like a challenge, so let's see what happens. <laughs> Dude, that's a that would have been great because I couldn't believe it when I was doing the random drawing for you know who's going to be paired up with who, and the Lynn brothers end up squaring off against each other. That would have been awesome if you two somehow got squared up against each other too. That was like so poetic. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't believe that they got drawn together <laughs> it was ridiculous i was making a joke about it and then all of a sudden it was like well there we go hell yes yeah yes. yeah it's, it's it's definitely it's been fun but it has been stressful i mean totally out of my comfort zone uh, but it's been fun it's uh i've learned a lot I think the best part of the whole thing, you know, obviously from my side of things, you guys are putting in just insane work and really, really cool. And I've been blown away by people that there's a lot of guys, even in the group that are like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with this routine. I don't know. And, you know, I kind of sent out some links and tried to show some guys and had Corey come on and talk about it a little bit and guys that have just sort of like, okay, well this, that's why I love call makers, man. They're they're not people that hesitate. They're like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to find a million reasons not to do this or do that. Like, you guys all picked it up, and you're like, it's not going to be no world champion routine, but I'm going to figure it out, and I'm going to mess with it. And uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, that's been so cool, man. Uh, my routine is horrible, uh, but, you know, I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not a competition caller. I can kill ducks, but... Uh, that's totally out of my uh, wheelhouse there. But it was fun. And I told my brother today, I was like, you know, I had never done a routine before. I said, but I do feel like just practicing for it has improved my calling a little bit. And I said, if I think I stuck with it a bit more and practiced a little bit more, it improved it even more. Uh, because it's stuff that I don't normally do. 
And yeah, see, that's the whole point of it too, is getting guys interested in that type of stuff. And I really considered doing it as a live duck routine. I think that would have kept a lot more guys. And maybe we'll do another one that's live duck styled. It's just that judging that stuff is so much more of a hassle. But, uh, you know, getting guys out there and learning routines, figuring it out. And, you know, it's it's super, I don't know, it's just another challenge that you guys have picked up. And it's been really entertaining to watch. And then our little uh, call maker group chat thing. I set my phone down to charge in on like the counter, the kitchen counter the other day and went and did something. I can't remember. I was gone for like 15 minutes and the girlfriend was like, hey, your phone keeps going off. And I was like, all right. Yeah, I was like, all right, cool. And she's like, it says you have 74 new notifications. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, we're talking in the group chat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been very active in there. Dude. Yeah, and the, and, and the topics. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but it's been pretty interesting. Well, and it's been fun. Yeah, that's the best part about it is the camaraderie that everybody is in there that's happened. I mean, even guys that are eliminated are still commenting on that thing multiple times a day. And that's the funnest part of it. And I've had a lot of you guys hit me up in private messages saying the same thing. Like, dude, this has been a fucking blast. Like, uh, I, you know, I love the everything associated with it outside of the actual call making itself. And it was kind of like, you know, you said, heck, I'll, I'll enter in this thing. Like, hell, Stelzner, he entered into it. You know, that, that guy is always so freaking busy. He has all the stuff in the world. And he's like, hell, I entered it just because, you know everything outside of the competition part of it has been fun yeah and then you know the whole situation with this whole COVID all the regular contests have been cancelled so here we are sitting around you know I was really looking forward to getting into some of these competitions this year and every one of them was cancelled so you know when when Sean and, and the guys did the one over on Call Nuts that was a lot of fun and then you did this one so it's just you know, you can't replace some of those competitions, but it's better than nothing. I mean, they're, they're, I've had a lot of fun with both of them, with the call nuts and this one. Yeah, and, you know, that whole thing was kind of like the the inspiration to add to it. And I, I looked at how Seth was going to do his, and I don't know when he's going to kick his off, but hopefully it's right as soon as we get done or in the middle of it, whenever he decides to do it, because I think the more competitions, the better the more entertainment for people, the more entertainment for call makers. Um, You know, you get to see the different ways that it goes about. And I was like, man, I really just want something where guys are running their own stuff. And for the the final head-to-head and the two finalists, I think I'm going to have guys mail in their calls. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll get the the judging instead of pictures to be the hand done. So you can see if you clean the, the dust out of your tone channel or finished it all the way up or you know if you what you did right. on the inside of the barrel get the whole what's the fit finish actually like um instead of just the a picture and then have a video played maybe in person for a judge i don't know channing is so far down in texas Corey's pretty close to me he's only a couple of hours away like that's doable i don't know I, I have a lot of ideas and luckily I have like another two months to come up with how I want to do this thing but uh, 
do something a little more in person. Maybe bring in some special judges. Yeah. Well, I doubt that I'll get that far the way my routine sounded, but it's been fun anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think the time frame has been long enough? The time frame has been good for me. I'm only able to work on calls on the weekend. There, I can't. I don't have a. My schedule doesn't allow me to do anything during the week. So Saturday and Sunday is pretty much all I have as far as the time to work on calls. So for me, it's been great. Uh, if it was much shorter, I don't know if I would have made it. Uh, but you know, four weeks or whatever it was for somebody like me that's only able to work on a weekend, it was perfect. You don't need any more time. Yeah, that's kind of what I was shooting for is I didn't want guys to to not be able to participate just because it's like a weak turnaround time. And especially is, you know, you keep progressing through the different rounds. You're going to be building. If you make it all the way to the finals, you'll end up building four calls, five calls, four calls. Like, you can't do that in, you know, a month. No. (laughs) Five calls. And, and, you know, they're going to get more complex as far as the bills too the further along they go because everybody's seeing now what they're up against and I'm looking at everybody's I'm like damn you know I went I went the basic route I should have done something a little more special but you know it is what it is yeah was that something that you paid attention to in the first like judging thing was you know I had I told this story on in our little group message I was at fireworks in one of the city around us that you know every they canceled everything with covid for fourth of july so one of the cities around us was like well we have all these freaking fireworks you know so let's do a fireworks show in august or september whatever this month is so i was there on saturday night and they'd put on a big huge fireworks show and my mom was watching the judging and she rode with us out there and she's like, I watched your little call maker competition thing on Wednesday. She's like, I got pissed off. I had to turn it off. I didn't agree with your guys' judging or anything going on. I was like, well, number one, Mom, I'm not judging. I'm just relaying scores. And yeah. uh, I was like, number two, there's a whole lot of stuff that you don't understand about these builds that goes into it. She's like, well, I don't even like the look of this one. And I was like, it's not about liking the look. It's about looking at the intricacies and that's why there's a call maker judging the shape of this stuff i'm not getting a competition caller who's not a call maker to judge the call making part of things because just like you yourself you would know if you built a blackwood barrel hedge insert versus how much time and effort goes into that versus building a laminated you know 50 piece glued up blank and all that stuff like the amount of time and effort that goes into that absolutely yeah you can tell a difference and she's like well i don't even like the look of that and i was like well that's not what we're talking about like that's why you're not judging (laughs) (laughs) had to give her a little lesson that's right Uh, well you know and that's your parents you can never change somebody's mind but i just thought that was so funny i was getting getting heckled the hardest by my own family members yeah, yeah, there's some there's some beautiful calls uh, in the competition. I certainly wasn't expecting some of the detail that I've seen, but I'll know next time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, everybody showed out really well, and that's kind of you know another cool thing about it is I talked to Sean or Josh, one of the two, when we first were talking about calls, 
I think it was Josh, and he's like, oh, so I can just do like a, a one a one piece barrel and a one piece insert if I want to. I was like, sure, you can. I was like, you might not score as high on like use of materials or creativity because I know what you're capable of. So I was like, I'm not judging it, but I'm just giving. And that's what I've tried to do with a lot of you guys. When they've asked me questions, I'm like, well, number one, I'm not judging it. But if I, I was, I thought about doing some inlays and whatnot. But that piece of green edge that I had had so much mineralization, and it was so pretty. I was like, man, I just can't. I'm just gonna let this, the wood talk for itself. And if it scores great, it does. And if it don't, it don't. But I just can't. I can't bring myself to to do anything to it. Oh well, yeah, I, some of the best that I've seen. I just had to let it. I had to let it talk for itself. Dude, that green hedge is ridiculously dark, and your finish work is freaking impeccable, man. That is glass. Thank you. That that's important, and you know, it is. if you had put inlays into it and made it a little more complicated of a build, but you didn't nail that finish work like you did, would you score as high? Not in my book. You know. Yeah, it's 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 a fifty-fifty. You know, that's that's just it's it's a risk that you take. I mean, you can complicate it, or you can just and you know, like in my case, I just let that wood do the talking. You know, put a good finish on it, make it classy. You know, just let it, let it stand on its own. Yeah, you took really good uh, pictures of it too. You might I'm have learning. To, you Photography might have to is new to me. Well, and your your lighting and all that stuff. That's such an important part of it too that I don't think, you know, everybody realized like if you can make a a killer killer call, but if your uh if your picture isn't solid, like yours is, you have a really good depth of field, which, you know, that means it's blurred out behind the call for anybody else that's not uh paying attention. You'll be able to see all these pictures on uh BTBN's Facebook page when I post them up um on Tuesday at some point but like that composition of the shot can be so important because you can have a call that is a 30 out of 30 on the look side of things but if you're taking it and taking bad lighting you know you didn't follow the guidelines to having that angled shot the flat shot you know the special shot or like the barrel down type thing like that to me, that's a knock because you're not even following the basic directions of the competition, which you did, obviously. Right. Yeah, the, you know, the photography can make or break a call. Yeah. It, it really can. I have seen some uh, some, some calls that uh, I love the shape or whatever. I love the way they look, but the photography just... Uh, and I, I know that it's not about photography, it's about duck calls, but... You know, at the same sense, it is art, and you have to do it justice. Well, right. You wouldn't wouldn't build a $500,000 painting or whatever and put it in a Walmart frame, like... Right, right. You know, you have to do it justice. It is art, and you have to do it it justice. I mean, why, why spend all the time making it if you can't display it the right way? Well, and see, to me, that's a a very, very important thing that, you know, Josh said. He's like, it's their first, uh, their first, your representation, your first appearance to them, your first impression that you're making on them. And if you're going to take a shortcut with your picture of it, what other shortcuts did you take, you know? Right, right. 
So that's exactly right. It's very cool, brother. Um, I I love your call. I love the design of it. Who are you going up against? I don't remember off the top of my head. Matt Dietrich. Ooh, Max sent me his today too. His is pretty cool too. I bet it's amazing. I looked at some of his his work, and he's very talented. Yeah, it, that'll be a really fun one. I think you guys match up really well. Let me see. I have to pull his up. Um. Yeah, man. So, what's the uh, the plan after you get done with uh, with this competition? Are, are you taking orders and stuff like that? Or are you just still, you know, doing everything on your own pace? I'm gonna take some time and start working on a cut down. Working on a cut down. You freaking Arkansas guys and your cut downs, man. Well, I've been hunting a cut down for probably 25 years, uh, and so that's kind of where my heart is. But when I started making calls, I wanted to start at the basics. And uh, I want to uh, I want to take some time and work on an insert, a cut down insert, and see if I can make it sound the way I want it to sound. Are you going to uh, like look at finding like a an ult and modifying it? Or are you going just straight flat jig or a no, I'm going to go straight off a flat jig. I mean that's you know that's that's the only way to do it. Yeah, I man, I don't know all the intricacies and history of. Uh, the cut down i know it's such a, a touchy topic for everybody that well it's you know over here like uh you know i come up duck hunting on biomeda you know you got really 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 high pressure uh you look 75 yards over to the left and there'll be a group over there and 100 yards over to your right and there's a group over there and then you got a group behind you and you know if you can't get loud you're just going to be wasting your time. And the best way to get loud is with a cut down. And, you know, and, and in my calling, you know, I've been hunting a cut down so long that, you know, when I blow a J frame, it doesn't really sound good because my presentation is suited more towards a cut down. It's really hard for me to blow a J frame. Uh, so that's what I want to do. I want to take a little time and see if I can come up with something, do it slowly. But I'll still make calls. Yeah, if nothing else, man, it's the, like you were talking about, the enjoyment of it, the, the stress yes. relief. I love to experiment. I love to, uh, you know, I love to, to see, to push myself as far as the finishes and, and consistency. And, you know, it's just a lot of fun for me. Yeah, I like it, man. I really like it. Are you going to uh, get out? Your guys' teal season starts next weekend. Is it the same as ours? I'm not really sure. I don't teal hunt. You well, don't we've got hunt. A, no, I don't teal hunt. Crazy. I like to dove hunt a little bit, but uh, I don't teal hunt. We still got to get over to the lease and get started on blinds and getting things together, and we haven't done that yet. It's been too hot. Dude, it is ungodly. It, today, we were talking about it. Um, when we started getting ready, I told you I was sitting on the couch watching Always Sunny all freaking morning. And uh, got dressed to go to the gym at like 2 o'clock. And I walked outside and I was like, it's freaking 90-something degrees. We should have went to the lake today. It was tough. It was, it, was hard. it was hot out here. I was outside working on that routine. And by about 2 o'clock, I was like, you know, I'm not happy with it. But it's hot. I'm done. So we'll see what happens. How many times did you run a routine before you decided it was good? I quit counting. 
<laughs> What's the uh, the toughest part you find with it maintaining air the whole way through? No, the air's not the problem for me. It's uh, it's just the just keeping it together. Uh, just keeping it all together. My like, tongue would get tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to, dude. Your tongue. I was having a a talk with Hunter about it, and he was talking about teaching somebody to feed call, and he's like, oh, I can't make your tongue faster, bud. They like it. It's a muscle. You have to train that sucker. And my, That's right. I'm freaking tongue retarded, man. Like I, you know, I can't roll my R's like that type of thing. So it was a long, long, long. I still can't machine gun feed, and I've been freaking calling for almost ten years. Like, well, I, I have to to talk slow or I'll stutter. And then you get to try and blow a duck call, and you know it's <laughs> it can get crazy every once in a while. Does that ever bother you when you're blowing a call, like a stutter? Uh, you know, not really. I mean, it's I don't stutter bad. You know, not like that. But if I don't, you know, talk slow, I'll get a stutter every once in a while. But no, it doesn't bother me. No, oh, that's that's crazy. I didn't know if it ever like bothered anything. I would have never known if you wouldn't have said anything, and I don't think anybody listening would have ever known. Well, it's just uh, you know, it's nothing. It's not bad. It's just it's there, you know. Right, right. Something you've learned to uh, figured out how to cope around and and make it work. Yeah, when I get really excited, I might stutter a little bit, but just from talking. <laughs> My, I had a buddy who had a pretty good one, and like you said. Most of the time, whenever he knew he was about to, he would just stop and pause for a second to let it pass. But when we would get drunk, that dude would be stuttering so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like every word. I don't know what causes it. I have no idea. I, mean, I don't know what, where it comes from, but, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I had to kind of learn how to talk my way out of it. And just slow down, take my time, and it's fine. But if I get in a hurry or if someone's chasing me or something, you know, I got to get the hell out of there, then I might stutter a little bit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, buddy, I, uh, man, I really appreciate you coming on. If anybody wants to come check out your, uh, your call page, man, I don't think we've ever actually, we talked about you coming up with a name, but I don't think we ever said it on the podcast. So where can they get a hold of you at? It's a Indian Bayou Handcrafted Calls. Uh, there's a Facebook page and an Instagram page. Awesome, buddy. Well, I really, like I said, man, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you entering this freaking competition and, uh, you know, making it fun, man. Like, it's been a blast. I have all the respect in the world to you guys that entered. It, uh, like I said, it just takes a big, a big set of rocks to do it, man. It's been a good time. <laughs> all right buddy well good luck God, this comes out monday night maybe tuesday morning so good luck wednesday night brother all right have a good rest of your day all right buddy you too bye-bye Bye. all right guys mr jamie miller down right outside of little rock arkansas give his stuff a look check out his call on the head-to-head um results whatever we want to call it on wednesday 7 30 p.m central time because i'm in missouri so we'll go on central time um make sure you check it out like it share it do all that normal stuff yeah have a good one